We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Third and seven again. We angle sacked again. Uh-oh. Oh, and it's intercepted by Nakomi Dean. Goodbye. Dean is gone. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another very special NFL Draft edition of Stay Hot, where, as you know, we mentioned before, we're going to be sitting down with some of the top prospects in the draft, diving into their college careers, their hopes, their excitement for the NFL, and of course, very, you know, tons and tons more. Today, we are joined by Georgia star linebacker Nakobe Dean, and you know, it's great to have you on on the show, man. Welcome. Definitely, definitely. I'm glad to be here. Thank y'all for having. You know, um, we we have something in common. I don't I don't know if you know that that we both have very unique names. And um, okay. according to an interview from a few years ago, you've never met another person named Nakobe. Does that still hold true today? Yeah. It, it's it's still true. It still holds true. I never met. Wow. Um, yeah, I've never I've never met anyone else named Bladen. So that that was something. I was like, oh wow, okay. that's that's definitely. Definitely yeah, I never met. I'm, I never met anybody named Blade. So. <laughs> well, I, I've never met anyone else named Nakobe. So you know, it's a great, okay, yeah. it's a great. What is the uh, name? Does the name mean anything? Do you know? Does it have like some sort of special meaning? Not, not at all. My, <laughs> my mother name is Nikita. My older brother name is Nicholas, and that was like N I N E N A. The vowels, basically. So Fair enough. 
I have a lot of respect for anybody who can like just think of a new name and, and it actually sounds like good and cool and like normalizes it. I, exactly. I don't think I could just think of like a, a brand new name on the spot like that. I think that it would be. Me either. Me either. Uh, so you grew up like speaking of like childhood and whatever you grew up near Memphis. I have that like 18 minutes away. We yeah. looked it up and, uh, I had a friend who, who went down to Me Memphis to, to pursue a music career, which I feel like that's kind of a yeah. big thing in Memphis. Do you have like a, a, a yeah. Mount Rushmore of Memphis, like musical artists or rappers, rappers or whatever? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Mount Rushmore of Memphis. For me, this, this, this is my personal opinion. Um, cause of course you can say like three six mafia and then they kind of all started, but I didn't really get into that. You know, that was before my time, but I have to say, yo Gotti, young Dolph, even though they was, they was beefing, yo Gotti, young Dolph, money bag, yo, uh, uh this, this last spot, I might say poo shiesty. All right. All right. Maybe. Okay. He's... Yes, that's a good, I have heard of all of those people, so that's probably a <laughs> solid top four. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess, like, growing up in Memphis, like, any, like, stories of, of childhood or, or go, growing up in the city, like, what, what makes it special or, or anything like that? So, I, so I, I'm just trying to get, get this, put this in the air. I was, I grew up in Horn Lake. Right, yeah, near Memphis. So, this yeah, that's right outside of Memphis. And so I don't want you, I don't want y'all thinking I claim Memphis because I don't at all. All right, all right, fair enough. Because, yeah, you if you from you from Horn Lake and you go and you uh, claim Memphis, they'd be like, you not from Memphis, basically. Okay, okay. I do not want that around you then, surrounding you then. I. <laughs> nah, it, it, it's all cool. But, um, yeah, my mama never, didn't want me going to Memphis much growing up just because just because of the crime and everything, but it wasn't no different from where I was at, really. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people lived in the same spot. I could literally walk walk across the border if I wanted to. It was literally nowhere to be in Memphis, South Memphis. So, you know, growing up, it, it was what it was. You had an older brother who played tight end at Ole Miss. Do you think you, uh, or what do you think you learned from having an older brother who was also, you know, a D one collegiate athlete. So he he came in he uh he came in he came back as a walk on at Ole Miss. So basically, what have I learned? I say I've learned, you know, um, from my brother. It probably nothing as far as <laughs> as far as football standpoint. You know, like as far as just being on the field and. Um, and doing certain things a lot, a lot as far as life. Uh, you know, I look up to my older brother just because of the person he is and everything he's doing and how, how hard he's working to accomplish his goals. So I'll say he, like, he teaches me things I'd be a little bit more family oriented, uh, you know, things like that. Sometimes I'd be so locked in on my grind and uh, on my on my mentals at home. I, I kind of don't check on my people at home, you know. I don't, I don't be trying to take on my uh my mother, my brother, my sister. So my brother always makes sure I stay on that, make sure I'm taking care of what I what I'm taking care of. So basically that. No, I got you. Going a little bit more to uh football. Mm -hmm. Uh Georgia lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game, but then ended up getting them again. 
uh, in the national title and beating them. What do you think changed from that SEC championship game to the national title? We got a little bit more simple. Um, definitely on the defense standpoint, we got way more simple. Uh, I felt like the first game, everybody was kind of on uh, edge. We, I wouldn't say we came in a little too too overcome. It's a little bit too over, uh, a little too comfortable, basically. We kind of felt like we had it in the bag the first game. But, um, of course, they came out and they played hard. They played hard. Um, they had a good game plan. They came out. They executed. We had zero sacks on defense side of the ball. So, it, yeah, it was it was real uncharacteristic of us, the way we played. So, uh, the second time around, we got a little bit more simple. Uh, we made it easier. We kind of just were like, all right, we're going to lock up man-to-man, -man, and we're going to let the – don't let the big boys up front rush. We're not gonna call no stunts or anything. So we just really just got simple, and they and we just thought they beat us in mano y mano. Yeah, if they would have beat us that way, then we 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 could live with ourselves. But so we just got simple. That's that's it. And then famously, I know you've probably been hearing about this a lot, but famously after the game, you put on the wrong hat. Um, of you know Alabama. Winning the game. At what point did someone let you know so, that you had on the wrong hat, or did nobody else realize? So, I, so after the game, um, media came. Media come grab you because they because you know you got to do interviews for TV and things like this. But you just won a national championship. You're trying to go turn up with guys and things of that sort. So, I'm I'm trying to go turn up. Somebody grabbed me. And they was like, "Come on, we need to do the media and all this." So. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm blowing them off. I'm blowing them off. I'm like, look, I got to go. I'm trying to go turn up with the guys. And they, he was like, hey, but you need to, like, can you stay close? So I kind of get a little irritated with him. I'm like, could you grab me, like, a, a hat and a, a newspaper and a shirt? Because I couldn't grab one if I can't go grab one. He was like, I got you. So I'm still, like, uh, dapping up my boys. Turn around, he got the hat, he got the newspaper, he got the shirt. So he give me the hat, and I just put it on. Next thing I know, there's a camera in my face. I'm doing the interview. He said, I'm doing the interview. I don't, I don't look at the hat or nothing. You just want a natty. Who's going to look at that? <laughs> you know, not, not at all. You, uh, so so I, I do the whole interview. Then I'm on the way to, um, to the stage. I'm on the way to the stage, and a woman tapped me. She's like, you got the wrong hat on. I'm like, huh? She's like, you got the wrong hat on. And I kind of took it off, and I looked, and I'm like, <laughs> Like, like, how they, like, I don't know how they got that messed up, how they do that, but all in all, it was funny, though. It was funny. It was funny. As long as I got the right hat. I found the right hat, so it was it was all good. Did you keep the Alabama one at all? Did you keep that as like, oh, this is the hat I got, this is memorable, or did you just be like, I, I do not want that in my sight at all? <laughs> I did. I, when I got it, when I seen it, I kind of like just like touched it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good. I, I, I know, ain't no way they did that. <laughs> I should have kept it. Looking back on, you know, and and speaking of hats, I I noticed that you're pretty commonly spotted in a pretty classy hat or outfit, and I was just wondering, you know, do you 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 have to have a collection? So yeah. you know, do do you have a favorite that you that you go to, or is it just you know like a favorite child you can't really pick? So yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a favorite. Um, it's more so like the fits come first, and I find a hat to go off of it. Uh, the hat, that, um, that basically the hat that goes with the fit. You know, uh, it started off sophomore year with COVID was going on. Um, I wore a hat; it was cheap. 
But my mom was like, you look good in the hat. You look good. And, then, and it was like, all right, something I'm going to run with. So I had already been kind of stocking up on, uh, not, I want to say stocking up, but I bought a couple suits during COVID year that I didn't wear because I'm like, nobody's going to see me because we, we don't have dog walk because uh, of COVID, basically. So I'm like, I'm not going to wear it. So I was just wearing old suits, old suits, um, the, whole, the same suits every time. So coming around this year, I was like, first game of the season, I'm going to put out one. I pulled it out. Uh, I, this was the only hat I had at the time. I pulled it out, came, and people took pictures of it. I'm not too much on social media, like, as far as uh, typing my name in, but my mother, and they'll do it all the time. So they see people, they see people talking about how good I look or or how basically how much attention I drew drew to it. So my mom was like, We gotta get you more hats, more hats. So I I, I probably got about seven, seven or eight different hats now. I still got like Okay. I still got like two or three of them that I haven't even so you, like shown. I mean you've you've gotta be thinking at this point, like once you get that NFL paycheck, you're gonna buy a bunch of them. <laughs> And be the best dressed player in the NFL, right? Like that's got to be the goal. The we we'll see. Maybe I open up a hat a hat business. It, it sounds better to me. That's <laughs> that's so, a plan. A little brim fedora uh, fedora business. So we'll see. But definitely, I definitely got. I mean, I got, I got. So I last uh, like two weeks ago, last week, I posted like on my story. I posted like like a lot of my fits, probably like. 80 percent of my fits from the season that that wasn't even on Instagram, so nobody seen it. Uh, nobody seen it. Just been in my phone, and people was like, "You should make a TikTok." And I'm thinking to myself, "I don't even know how to work TikTok. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have I don't have a TikTok, but I'm gonna get my little sister to do it. She know how to do it." <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. Yeah, have a. You could ask us for help if you need any TikTok help. We uh, yeah. we know what's up. Yeah. I'm curious. How often do you, in your experience, do you think athletes search their own name on Twitter to see what people are saying about them? Does that happen a lot, or do most people just are like uh, the people talk? We're just we're just in it. I feel like I feel like it happens. I feel like it happens a lot. I feel like people don't um, feel like the athlete don't care much. Uh, it'd be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of crazy, bad stuff. It's gonna be people saying good stuff about you. But either way, you can't you can't care much. Because people gonna talk bad about you. People talk bad about me my whole life. People start saying good stuff about me my whole life. You can't let it get to your head either way. So just gotta stay level. Gotta stay neutral. If you ask me, I don't think I don't think you should do it just because it'll get to it'll, it'll, it'll probably get to you either way, good or bad. So I feel like you shouldn't. But I mean, I guess it is nice to be able to Google your name and you a picture pop up for you. For sure. For sure. Uh, one more question, I guess, before we get into some of the big football stuff, uh, we were, you say you don't post on social media once, but we did try to look through your Twitter in, in preparation for this interview. And there was a video of you guys in your frat dancing with like the, the ski masks on. And I thought that you guys were, you guys were pretty good at it. So like, if you try to incorporate that into like a potential celebration, sack celebration, so, touchdown celebration. So, uh, I don't know if y'all seen any pictures of me throwing up my the hooks when I do this. That's yeah. part of my fraternity. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, this this that's something that's part of my fraternity when I do that. And it, I see other people doing it, but it's like, uh, you don't really supposed to be doing that. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, when I do that, that's basically part of my fraternity. Just don't give them a shout out when I make a play, a big play, and things like that. For sure, for sure. And yeah. going into some of the football stuff, obviously, we talked a little bit about you know growing up near Memphis uh, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, and and you were really highly recruited. Had offers from from all over the place. And what made you choose Georgia over some other schools, uh, like I think Bama and yeah. or or you know whoever else made you an offer? What was what made Georgia the pick? So, so I, you know I had like you said I had offers from a lot of places, but it had came down like my senior year. I kind of like I was getting recruited. I was going on trips and everything. But I had been recruited so long at that point. It was like I'm trying to win a, a state championship. So I was so focused on that that I kind of looked up and after the season, I was like, man, I don't even know where I want to go. So uh, it, I was in my uh, Mississippi versus Alabama All-Star game. Um, I, I took a nap. I woke up. I, I asked, First, I prayed. I asked God, can he give me a sign, like, what school to go to? Took a nap, woke up. Kirby Smart, first one, called me. He, he called me. It was like a regular conversation. I hung up, and you know, it just left Georgia in the back of my mind. But I did ask God to give me like a sign or something. So either way, I kind of tried to blow it off, but it kept him in the back of my mind. So I, a couple of days later, I asked my uh, parents and my my siblings, uh, "What school do y'all think I should go to?" And they, uh, my mom said, my, "My father ain't care, brother. Well, he cared, but he was like, oh, 'Oh, I'm with you, whatever.'" Brother, I'm with you. Whatever, my sister, she ain't care. Uh, <laughs> my um, my mother, she wanted me to go to Alabama. So I, I could understand I wanted me to go to Alabama. It was three hours away from the house, not too far. Um, a decent, um, good engineering. We was well, we knew the uh, the dean of engineering at the point. So um, see, I understand why she wanted me to. But I just I just was like, no, nah, I don't want to go to Alabama. So she kind of got her feelings about that. She was, she was mad. I didn't listen to her. But. So it, it, it eventually came down to LSU in Georgia. Um, it just came down to LSU in Georgia. I think my mother got she got a phone call. and um, She was on the phone call. And, and I don't know, some, uh, I forgot the dude who me at the point, um, said something that rubbed her the wrong way from LSU. And my mom, she got she got like kind of like an attitude when when they did it, so it wasn't a big attitude. Like she didn't flip out, but I did when that, that moment I was thinking, okay, I guess I guess I'm going to Georgia, and 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 note this this all the day, this like two hours before I got to get on stage. I didn't even know where I wanted to go two hours. Before I got to get <laughs> wow! <on stage. laughs> so, so it was like uh, at that moment I was like, all right, I know where I'm going. So I I spent them the last two hours looking for. A shirt or a hat or something. I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. And I and I remember um, going on a visit to Georgia, and my mama brought uh, a Georgia T-shirt from from the Walgreens right downtown. She brought the uh, or the Target brought a Georgia T-shirt because I had uh, I think I wasted some on my shirt or something, and I ended up like pulling that out my shoebox because it was I had some red some red twelves. And I didn't want to come in walking with the all red shoes on because they wouldn't look. So Fair. that's how I came to Georgia. That's how I, that's how Georgia came about. 
And Georgia obviously had, you guys had maybe the best defense in college football history this year. Is there anything that you think Georgia specifically looks for when it's recruiting, like that maybe other schools don't? Is there a trait that they really value that that allowed them to build like such a insane <laughs> unit this year? Or is it just like, they just kind of looked out? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I feel like Georgia always had talent. Georgia sure. always had talent every year, have some of the top talent. Well, I feel like this year was different just because everybody kind of grew up a little bit as far as leadership standpoint. Everybody was more it was more it was more competitive, but from a standpoint of I'm trying to get too better. And not not standpoint of um they see they see you as taking my job. It's like if I'm working beside them, we play the same position. It's like we're trying to push the way we can get each other better, even though we both want to play. So, but I feel like the connection piece was was uh, together more greatly this past season. And I feel like them intelligence off the field helped us on the field when it came down to it. Uh, everybody was hanging out more outside of practice and things like that. And it wasn't like it wasn't so clicked up like everybody being able to click. It wasn't so much like that no more. So I feel like that helped us uh, more this season. For sure. And earlier you said like in the SEC championship game, things were too complex and you simpled it. Like you were more simple with it in the national championship game. The Georgia defense, like a lot of the times is probably one of the more complex ones I've ever seen. Some of the oh, stunts yeah. you guys break out yeah. and like the playbooks and the fronts and everything is just so advanced and so high level and probably more high level than a lot of NFL playbooks, honestly. How do you go about, like, as a middle linebacker and, like, the leader of that unit, how do you go about, like, memorizing all that and learning that that playbook? Like, what is yeah, that it, process like? It's not easy at all, uh, man, having to learn it. I know I came in, early, I came in springtime as a freshman trying to learn a playbook. Um, it wasn't, it was, it was actually a little bit more complex than it is now just because, the calls, the calls, it wasn't really, it wasn't more complex, actually. It was just the calls was long. Like, we had to make this call, that call, instead of we just simplified it down, made the uh, the D-line think more. Uh, but it, it's definitely harder because um, I don't feel like, I feel like we run, we run every coverage between zero and nine. Um, so it, it, it definitely helps you with whatever, with whatever, <clears throat> with, what, with, with whatever, um, Whatever, like whatever team we go to in the league, you'll be able to figure out what kind of coverage you play just because uh, of the system we played at Georgia. And it, it, and then, you know, you put a lot of pride on yourself being the middle linebacker, being the, the head of the defense, the leader of the defense, to know what everybody got to do, what everybody's job is, no matter what the play is. So before you can get everything right, you can be a problem solver. If somebody don't know something, you, you know what they're doing, you can tell them, basically. So it's, just, it's a lot of pride and a lot of a lot of studying and learning. For sure, for sure. I have I have one question about uh, your teammate Jordan Davis. I'm just curious to know mm -hmm. this myself. Uh, there's a lot of talk, like as a draft goes, like as the draft process goes on with him about like the amount of snaps that he played. I think it was around 60, 65 percent in that defense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are wondering if that's a like more conditioning or 
more like just the Georgia front being so, so deep and like so many guys that people rotate in and out. Uh, what do you think of like his, his like conditioning and like, do you think like he could be more of a three down player or do you think like Georgia just was so deep? They didn't need to ask that. I know he could be more, I know he can be a three down player. Uh, everybody, everybody on our defense, uh, we at Georgia, we we did uh, rotate in a lot. Definitely the D line, they rotate. They want, they just want to get guys to play. And definitely when we was, and you say we were, he only played sixty five percent of snaps for. Yeah, think about it. We we blew a lot of teams out. So a lot of the starters, <laughs> for a lot of people, wasn't wasn't playing as much as they as much as we probably wanted to play towards definitely towards the middle to the uh, to the beginning to the middle of the season. So. Uh, we, we we definitely you know at definitely at first you think like dang I want to play more like we ain't even like I come out first half you know had six tackles in the sack it's like I can get I mean I can get twelve tackles two sacks <laughs> but not playing second half because we killing the team so uh so you at first you think like dang but then you gotta remember like we 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 blowing every team out so like you can't you not finna uh finna complain about winning so but at the same time I feel like he can be a Definitely, he can be a three-down backer. I mean, a three-down uh, lineman. I feel like everybody on my defense is set to uh, do whatever they got to do to get the job done in the league. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. And one thing that I've been thinking about and I know has been going on in a lot of circles is the idea that, you know, the linebacker position has been getting increasingly difficult to evaluate and uh, predict. And I was just wondering how how you feel you know, you've done, you've done as, you know, an athlete and as a linebacker of, you know, like watching guys at, at the next level and seeing like, oh, this guy's really good. Let me, this guy's been really good for a long time, like Bobby Wagner or Fred Warner. How can I take right. something from his game and implement it into my game to, mm-hmm. to make myself an elite threat for a long time? Right. So, it, I mean, for me, I don't feel like the linebacker position is getting um, more complex to to um to evaluate you know in, in high school i was i was covering i was blitzing i was uh filling the gap on run i was taking on blocks and big big guys college same thing covering receivers covering running backs covering um tight ends blitzing uh taking on blocks filling gaps so i feel like it, for me the linebacker position has always been the same in the in the ever so evolving game you know it's faster you gotta be able, you, you gotta be able to cover. You gotta be able to do this. But as far as watching watching guys, I do watch a lot of different guys on how they um um and try to take a little bit of the game. I don't, I won't compare myself to nobody in the league, but I would say that I do like if I do see somebody like or I see somebody like Zach Cunningham. I don't know if y'all know him, but mm. Zach Cunningham yeah. he's good at he yes. good at run uh stopping the run and everything like that, taking on blocks. He's aggressive. Being aggressive down here, then you know, got Roquan went to uh, Georgia. The uh, way he open field tackles and gets to the ball, the pass he plays with. You got Derrick Leonard, he uh, punching the ball out every second he gets. So it's like you taking little things from uh, all different type of guys that you watch. Um, and that's basically what I try to do. I try to like, uh, and it's not even them. You know, if I see if I see people in college or even in high school, they do something that I feel like will, will help. And work on. I'm thinking like, man, what, what was that? Like, I can I can right. possibly try to do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm all high and mighty not to take something that I feel like will work and uh, try it myself. 
going into the NFL, is there a, a team or a player or a quarterback that you're excited to go up against? Uh, I, I, you know, I haven't even thought about that. But, I mean, Tom Brady been in the league for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, you, definitely now that he reti- he retired and came back, it's like, it's like uh, maybe you want to. Maybe it's right for me to just possibly play against him uh, just one time, you know. Just uh, but either way, I'll just be happy I'm in the league, you know, happy uh to to just be there playing with aside some of the best players as well, you know, and trying to make uh make the point that I'm uh, one of the best players in the world. Also, uh, you interviewed with some teams, like obviously you were at the combine and mm-hmm. you got interviewed by a bunch of teams. I feel like I've got to ask this question because I'm always interested to see what the teams ask. Was there like a weird question you got at the combine that you were like, oh, I, I wonder why they asked that. Were they just testing me or messing with me? Yeah. So, you know, they do mess with you a lot, but I didn't get too many crazy questions that just stuck in my memory. But one of the weirdest things I probably got asked was I walked in. He was like, hey, you like you got some small feet. Um, what size shoe you wear? I'm like, I wear size tw- I wear size twelve. Uh, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was. He said, he said, I thought you were like a nine or something. I was like, nah, I'm size twelve. So that was about the weirdest thing I got uh, to come by. But. Do you think they're instructed to just like mess with you a little bit from their teams, just like just see how they react, or do you think they're just I, actually just like that? Yeah, I feel like some teams are. Uh, some teams just. Uh, just just want to mess with you you know i feel like you you be in there you see uh because they got a lot of meetings every day so they got just as many meetings that we probably got um so i feel like they probably get bored they want to mess with guys a little bit so i can't you, you can't you can't hold it against them but they also want to see how you act you know are you like a guy who's gonna who's gonna flip out or are you gonna trip or you gonna be cool about it uh definitely if it's coming from like a, a comedic standpoint uh sometimes they do it Sometimes they might try to come a little hostile, but at the same time, they're just trying to see how you are, basically, if you gonna, how you're going to react to it. So, yeah, they, I feel like they they told to do that. <laughs> and speaking of the combine, you know, do you, do you feel like there is a drill that is missing? From the combine, I, I know the comp. I know the combine's been receiving a lot of heat recently, especially after uh, Ajabo got hurt. Um, but that was at his pro day. But do you do you yeah. feel like do you feel like there's like a drill that you think would better showcase your skills? Probably not. I mean, no. I mean, add something to come out. Probably not. Um, okay. it's, it's a lot of things that people feel. Uh, just talking about the players and things that be feel like, man, what just got to do with football? But right. Like, at the end of the day, it's part of the it's part of the trying to get the job. You, you know, you got to do it. So, um, it, it is what it is. You're gonna do it. You're gonna you're gonna try to do your best at it. Do you think you have to do it? I I always wonder about the future of the combine because I always I always feel like players like like you say it sounds like a lot of them are like, well, what does this really have to do with football? And I feel like as time goes on, that might that feeling might get more and more like severe. And and I wonder like. Do you think in like 10, 15, 20 years, the combine will still be happening or do you think it'll just mostly be pro days and stuff? I've always like wondered about that, what your thoughts uh, on that is. Man, I don't, I don't think the combine is going nowhere. Uh, okay. At the end of the day, just at the end of the day, um, you, as a kid, you, you grow up, you watch the combine, 
you like, man, this is nice. You see the you see the forty, you see the first. You be like, I want to do that. I was that kid. I was like, man, I can't wait till I get to come by. Fortunately, I, I wasn't able to uh, participate because I was hurt. But um, you 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 think about it, you think about stuff like that. So as long as the, the as long as the NFL want to do it, it's gonna be a combine because you gonna always have guys that want to go to the combine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. And you know, in, in high school, you were correct me if I'm wrong. You were a straight A student. Right. And then in college, you had a 3.5 GPA, and you're an engineering right. major. Yeah. Like. That's, I mean, you're talking about an engineering major, which is, you know, I'm an engineering major. I, I trust, I know how difficult that, that kind of stuff is. Balancing yeah. that in football, and you talk about how complex the Georgia playbook is and how difficult it was for you to pick up on calls early on. How, how did you balance all of that? <laughs> Man, uh, it was hard. Uh, I came in freshman year. The first semester was one of the toughest, toughest semesters I went through just because I'm, I'm missing home. Uh, I see all right. my guys on on uh, social media. They uh, it's their last semester of high school, so they not doing nothing. <laughs> they just having fun. Um, I'm struggling. Class is harder. I'm in football practice being yelled at. Um, everybody faster. Competition harder. Um, I don't know nobody. You, you, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to meet new people and everything like that. Um, so everything, all that mixed up was harder. But so after freshman year passed, boom, sophomore year, you you kind of start, you know, getting into the groove a little bit. COVID hit though. COVID hit, sent everybody home. Now you gotta learn how to learn virtually, and trying to, you know, you say you being an engineer uh, major also, you know that um, in in engineering class you do a lot of like group work. Do a lot of team right. activities, a lot of group work. And you went from doing that to doing everything by yourself. And, you know, you got no questions to ask. And you got to email the teachers. Teachers take two or three days to get back at you. So it's like, man, COVID was crazy. It was hard. It, it was hard for me because I had to learn. I was at home and everything. So fast forward, junior year, we finally, mostly in class, and uh, I finally figured it out. Uh, I'm a little more comfortable. I know people now and, I, and things of that sort. So kind of all put put everything together. And I had this thing like uh, Thrive Off Five. Basically, that's when I was thriving off five hours of sleep. So, <laughs> uh, it's, 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 I mean, it's different now. Um, I, don't have to, I don't have to do that. I don't have to Thrive Off Five. I can get my sleep because I'm uh, I can, you know, I got time. I didn't have right. time. Then I had to do homework all day. It was a lot of late night studying. So, no more. No, hopefully, no more to thrive off fire. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, and it. You know, hypothetically, if you weren't going into the NFL, and you could have, mm -hmm. you know, enge an engineering job, what would? What do you think you would do? Uh, I like to work in like prosthetics, like designing, oh, wow. designing, building prosthetics, and uh, things like that. I probably, well, if I definitely if I didn't have like a football, I probably would have went to like the premier track too. So, I mean, you know, and yeah. I'm a I'm a mechanical engineer major, so it's a lot of different right. avenues you can go into. So, I, and I'm also open to doing different things. You know, I did I took I remember taking my um, basically my intro to engine, mechanical engineering class, and they had all type of mechanical engineers come talk, and they were talking about their jobs. I just thought, man, I would not want to do that job. 
<laughs> I'm thinking. I mean, it's not a bad. Job. It's not a bad job. I'm just thinking I would not be interested in doing that job. So, right, I had to kind of like look up jobs and meet people and this and that and see like, okay, it is cool jobs out there that mechanical engineers can have. So, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Well, I think before we get out, we have a few rapid fire questions that we wanna we wanna throw at you, and these are just don't think about it too hard, just off the dome, whatever whatever first comes to your mind. So yes. a first pretty obvious one is the first purchase uh, when you get that first NFL paycheck. Uh, my mother a car. Do you know what kind of car you'd get her? Uh, she she kind of been liking this this Porsche. So okay. I might I might get a, I might get a, this uh, a, a, this Porsche truck, but we gonna see we gonna see. <laughs> okay, I, I've I I've been a big fan of the of those Porsche cars recently, so I, yeah. I I can definitely respect that. Number two is your celebrity crush. Celebrity crush, uh, I have celebrity crush. <laughs> <laughs> I've had one of them so long. Um, I think we're good. I don't know. Um, oh, I have you no don't idea. have to. You don't. You don't have yeah, to answer that. Like <laughs> I, I haven't had one of them since I was like. What? What? What about like a celebrity you just want to meet? Just like um, I want to meet. Um, uh, Kevin Gates, Rod Wade. Okay. I wanna, okay. I just want to. Yeah, because they. I like their music, basically. Yeah, I respect Just straight that. out the muscle, is it? Fair enough. Uh, what about your biggest fear? I fear God. I fear God. <laughs> so, Psalm, Psalm 27 and verse 1. Psalm 27 and 1. Yeah, I'll go look up the verse. God-fearing man. <laughs> Mad respect. Your your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Uh, I got a lot of them, but I'll say one, one of my favorite is uh, Set It Off. Set It Off with Queen Latifah, uh, yeah. Smith, yeah. Okay, okay. And then uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. I'm 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 so like lame. I'm good, so like good man. <laughs> good man. <laughs> that's all I look. I'm just I'm straight vanilla. That's it. That's all I need. That's the number one defensive prospect right here. <laughs> Likes vanilla ice cream. Good man. And then uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Maybe you know, it. as all, yeah. I, <laughs> thank you again for coming on. Uh, the the ice cream thing is kind of a bit here, so we we all, <laughs> we always try and ask that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks again for coming on. You know, as always, yeah. everybody, tons and tons of content coming away on all platforms. Mm-hmm. We will be back with some more interviews soon, and we will be back with another podcast episode as well. And until next time, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.